what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. Again, the book of Acts is the book of the early church. So this is after the life of Christ. And this is what, what the, Peter was saying. He goes, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. You guys, when Jesus Christ entered this world anointed with the Holy Spirit, is this thing work? Hey, good. All right. So when Jesus came into the world anointed, and I'm going to teach on what that means here a little bit later, but it means to be set apart. It means to be consecrated. It means to be called for a special task. And Jesus Christ was anointed with power and with the Holy Spirit. And uh, when we got done with our baptisms, we always have a celebration. We're at Kathy Kleppa's house, just having a blast. And uh, after it's done, everybody's picnicking and barbecuing and swimming. And there was a, uh, a um, cannonball uh, contest that went on, which was awesome. You know, and we were all given, you know, the, the judges and stuff for their things. And, and this is the whole point, you guys. When Jesus Christ, like one, as you watched all through this video, one little drop of water, one little drop of water, when it hits the water, boom, boom. One drop hitting the water, it just, it changes everything. Jesus Christ was the cannonball. He was the one that when he hit the water, I mean, I was standing like 20 feet away and I'm getting wet. It was awesome. That's what Jesus Christ did when he came into the world. He hit the world full, absolutely holy, perfect in everything that he did. God came in the flesh and just said, this is what it's supposed to be like right here. And what is it, 2009, and he's still reverberating. He's still just impacting the world all over the place, and he will until this earth is done. That's just what Jesus Christ does. You guys, so here's what's wild, though, is he actually wants to make ripples today through you and through me. See, what happens is now, what he said is, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Look what he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Again, this is right after he died and he rose from the dead. And his disciples were freaking out because they thought if they killed him, they're going to kill us too. And they're all hiding in this little room. And he walks right through. says, hey, peace be with you. And then he says this, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You guys, when we talk about baptism, see, John had this baptism, and what his was, in fact, he said, my job is to prepare the way. You know what his baptism was? It was a baptism of water for repentance. You know what repentance means? It means I'm totally living in in an opposite direction of God and what he wants. And And John was saying, you know what? We have got to get your hearts ready for Jesus Christ who's coming. So come. If you want God, then come and repent. In other words, turn your heart towards God now. And that's what John did is he baptized them for for that. But then he said, I baptize with water, but somebody's coming who's so much greater than me, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
And Jesus Christ himself said, and when I do that, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, why Jesus Christ came and did a cannonball into this world was to change the world. And then he said, and now I got this great plan. I'm going to die for all of your sin to forgive you of everything that's kept you from God so that you can now be reconciled with him. And then I'm going to rise again and I'm going to live forever so that I can actually send the Holy Spirit of God who's now going to live inside your life. See, so Jesus was psyched because now he's like, now I get to make ripples all over the place. And that's what we've been trying to say in your neighborhood and in your workplace and in your school and in your family. If you are sitting in here today and you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, that means Jesus is inside you to make ripples. He's inside you to impact the world and to change the world. And so, you guys, I, 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 what I wanted as I think about this, this is what it's all about. And you know what? It's an absolute mystery. It's an absolute mystery. In fact, Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says the glorious riches of this mystery is Christ in you. The hope of glory. The glorious riches of this mystery is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You know why Jesus Christ came, you guys? is so that he and I, me, Dave Nelson, and Jesus would be like this. You know why he came? Because you were never intended to live your life alone. You were never intended to try to figure it out and be the Lord of your own life. You were created to have Jesus Christ, to have God inside your very being. And I know for some of you, that might sound really wacky. And that's why I love the fact the Bible said, this is a mystery. And the mystery of godliness is great. But I want to tell you right now, you guys, I, it's, it's, like, um, it's like I wish I had a power drill, you know? If I had a power drill right here and there wasn't any battery pack on it, you know, you'd sit there and you'd look at this power drill and you'd just go, man, I, I think I get it. You know, I mean, there's this pointy thing on the end and it matches the screw and, and I feel I should put that in there. And then there's this trigger and I should probably pull that. And then something probably should happen. But it doesn't work, you know? I, years ago, before we launched, I gave the illustration of a lawnmower without gas in it. You know, and you can rip the cord over and over and try really hard and it just needs some gas in it. You know, I, I have so much stuff and so do you that all you got to do is plug it in the wall, right? And when it isn't plugged into the wall, it's like, it's all there. It just doesn't have the power. Every one of us on this planet is created with everything we need. Everything we need to live an amazing, glorious, God-honoring life-changing, world-altering life. But you need one thing. One thing. You need the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. 
Otherwise, it's you. And it's you. And I tell you, I was driving here this morning. I'm thinking, you know what? There's amazing people in this world who are doing some incredible things without God in their life. And so you might sit there and just go, well, why, why do then do I need him? Why would I even want God in my life? And I tell you guys, this is the mystery. But I want to tell you this, that when God enters into your life, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you are baptized into the Holy Spirit, and again, one illustration I had of that that I heard is the baptism, is, it was a word that was used to dip. That's all it means, is to dip. That's why we dip, people. Because it means to dip. But what they would do is they would take a piece of white cloth and they would dip it into red dye, let's say. And then when it came out of that, it was completely different. That dye went into every fiber of that cloth and it consumes it and it changes it. And I don't care who you are today. I don't care if you are struggling right now and you feel like your world is going to fall apart in two seconds if something doesn't happen. Or if you feel like, man, my life is awesome and I can't even imagine needing anything else. (laughs) I want to tell you this. When the living God who created this world and is so far beyond us in every capacity and in every way we can imagine enters into your heart, when that happens, when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit of God, you are a different person. And you become the person that God created you to be. And you can be it for the rest of your life. You guys, this is what changes your heart. And it's a mystery. It was just so weird to me to ask Jesus into my life. And when I did that, my heart changed. All of a sudden, you want the things he wants. I've said this a million times here at K2. You can still sin. You just don't like it anymore. You still do it. You still, but it frustrates you where before you're like, man, this is awesome. Now it's not awesome anymore. Why not? I mean, it's an amazing thing. I just, I went through high school and college and I hated the fact sometimes that I had Jesus in my life because I couldn't do what everybody else was doing and just enjoy it. I mean, he changes your heart. He gives you new desires. He gives you spiritual understanding that the Bible says you can't have without the Holy Spirit, but he gives it to you. There's this new conviction so that you start to, again, so that you can change. And here's what I love. There is leading in your life. There is power to do what you cannot do in your area of weakness. I feel like there's just discovery. All I do is discover more and more of God, more about myself, more about why I'm here, more about this world's about. It is a new life. And he says the glorious riches, you guys, of this mystery is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ The one who loved everybody and who lived perfectly and who was holy. Christ, the one that even all around the world today, as much as they may, people may hate the church, they usually like Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that a frustrating thing that we're not more like him? Um, But Jesus, when you look at him, he changed the world. And when it says the hope of glory, guys, what is glory? What is glory? It's a crazy word. It's all all over the Bible. Glory, glory, glory. I don't even know if we really understand it. You know what it is? My best way I feel like I can under- explain to you what glory is in the scriptures. It is, it is always, always 
the presence of God. It's always tied to the presence of God. Susan and I were talking about this. Yes, God is omnipresent, right? He's everywhere. But at the same time, God manifests his presence whenever he works. And the Bible says that the hope of glory, the fact that when you see something, you guys, so when God created the world and we look at these unbelievable mountains and the beautiful sunset and the lightning last night crashing through the sky, is glorious because it speaks of God and his power and his majesty. You wake up in the morning, man, I'm telling you, you look at everybody in this room, do you know you're glorious? He says he knit you together exactly how he wanted you to be and he loves it. But there's a whole other glory that takes place when the presence of God through the Holy Spirit invades your soul. And now what can happen is every one of us in this room can live in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can actually live like Jesus. You guys, I was sitting in my garage because it was raining and I like to do my time outside and I was reading 2 Corinthians 3 and it talked about Moses. You guys know Moses, right? Charlton Heston, right? The big long hair and the beard flowing in the rear. I mean, whenever I think about Moses and especially when he went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, come on, think about this. Have you ever just thought, oh, would that be amazing? I mean, sometimes you read the Bible and you go, how come I didn't have that? That would have been, I just read it again, you know. In the, I mean, this cloud comes over and it's freaking everybody out and it's this amazing experience and Moses comes down with the tablets and it's just unbelievable. I mean, it is. It's just it's so beyond me. I can't even fathom. And look what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3 in the New Testament, verse 7. If the ministry that brought death... Because that's what the Old Covenant did. Do you guys know that? When Moses came down with the, with the Ten Commandments, basically what he did is he goes, I just want to show you all how you can't do this. <laughs> okay? There ain't, there, ain't, there ain't a soul in this planet who's going to be able to do these things. I just want you all to know that. I think that's what God was doing. The ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, if that came with glory, so that the Israelites couldn't look steadily at the face of Moses. They couldn't even look at Moses because of its glory, fading though it was. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know how, this is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. Because what the Bible tells us is that what you and I have, even Moses never had. Moses never got to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling in his heart every moment of every day. Now that dude had some amazing experiences with God. But apparently, what I have every morning that I wake up is more glorious than that. Why? And he goes on in verse 17, he says, because now the Lord is the Spirit. Again, it's the baptism of the Spirit of God. You guys, one of the things that so frustrates me sometimes is I feel like Christianity many times is seen as the most unspiritual. You know, if you want to be really spiritual, then you go after other things besides Christianity. Are you kidding me? 
We're missing the boat, you guys. It's all spiritual, invading our natural. It's incarnation. It's what Jesus was, totally divine, enmeshing human flesh so we could see what we're supposed to be like. And now, in my personality, in my makeup, the Spirit of God, the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. (laughs) When I read this on Monday morning, I had a crappy Sunday. You ever have a crappy day? I had such a crappy day. And I read this that next day, and I'm like, oh, man, Lord, that yesterday was so unglorious. Where's my freedom? It's in the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit is, there's freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Are, we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So you guys, one of the greatest things about Christianity that we need to remember, that I need to remember so bad, that all of our staff needs to remember right now, as we get ready for the South Campus and launching new things in the Red Box, man, if we think it's like, come on, we got to do this, we're missing the boat. It's the Holy Spirit who works. And when he works in your life, there is freedom. And I sat there in my garage and I just said, you know what, God, I want nothing else. Can I just tell you right now, as the pastor of this church, I, you hear me say it a lot, but I, I so just, it makes me gag almost to think about being in a church where we're just going to go through like human religious exercises that we all hate. Aren't you, does that make you gag? I, I just, I want so nothing to do with that. I don't ever want to come in this building and go home and just go, what was that? And that happens to me sometimes, especially when I'm up here. That's when you have really bad Sundays. (laughs) And I want to know that when you meet in your Life Together group that every one of you is going to sign up for before you leave today, which is awesome. Thank you already for doing that. Um, That when you meet together in your group, when you come here, that your heart is open to the Spirit of God. And you guys, the ministry of the Spirit, you know what that word actually means? It means service. The Spirit of God, and this is what I need to remember, the Spirit of God is in me, so weird, to serve me. What did Jesus say? I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve the Spirit of God. Jesus comes into my heart. He dwells in my heart to serve me to serve you, to set you free, to set you free from yourself because this world is falling apart because we live for ourselves, to set you free from the sin that's entangling you, to set you free from the things in this world that we're all so enamored with that entangle us and hinder us from running the race. Free to run, free to love, free to forgive, free to live for Christ. I'm telling you, you and I were made to run. And some of us are just, you know, we're just, I mean, we can't even get going. And the Spirit comes inside you to serve you, to set you free to go for this. And Susie and I were talking last night. She goes, why would we want this? I'm like, here's why I want this. I want the ministry of the Spirit so bad for three reasons. Number one is because when the Holy Spirit is living inside me, you know what happens? My life actually honors God. 
Jesus put it this way. He said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know what? When I give someone grace, or I'm merciful, or I'm patient, you name the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. When you're those things, you know what happens? The people get to see Jesus in you. It honors God. You know what else happens when you actually live like Jesus? It blesses other people. I know if I'll wake up in the morning and have the power of the Holy Spirit in me, where I'm not running my life, but he's running my life, it'll probably be a good thing to run into me. And when I wake up in the morning and I ain't plugging myself in, it's probably not a good thing to run into me. And I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit blesses everybody else. And then the third thing, you guys, is I'm free. I put my head on the pillow at night, and I'm free. And that's what he wants. So let me just close with this. How do we live in the Spirit? How can you do this? How can I do this? Hmm. See, this is when it gets a little fun, to be honest with you, because I've tasted it. Anybody else here ever taste it? You ever tasted the presence of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever been free? Like completely? It's an amazing experience. There are two things that I do or that I've done that always bring me this. The actual anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life. The first one is this. It's confession of my sin. The Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And it says that you can quench His fire. And I, I think that many of you are followers of Christ right now and you just, you've got no fire and you feel pretty quenched. And I just want to tell you right now, when I have been gut level honest with God and laid my sin, all of it, before Him, oh, I get free because Jesus paid for it all. And when I believe that, this Bible says, John said, Jesus said in, chapter, in, in John, he said, anyone who believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within. And then John said he was talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now, some of you are, are Christians and you, aren't, you have no stream flowing. The swamp thing's going on. And I want to really encourage you that the way you get the stream flowing is you confess your sin to God like all of it and you receive the forgiveness of Christ, and you forget what was behind, and you press on to take hold of that for which he took hold of you. It works. Here's the second thing. Confession is the first one. The other way you live in the power of the Holy Spirit is you surrender all, all of your life to him. Everything. I don't know if there's a soul in here right now. I don't know. Maybe, I hope, that is absolutely, completely surrendered to God. Because if you were, I'm telling you, you'd be changing the world. See, what we're really good at is like, ah, I'll give you this part. But I really want to have this part. I really want this job. I really want to live here. I really want that relationship. I really want this amount of money. I really, you know, like, so why don't you, ah, Sunday, I'll give you that one. I'll surrender Sunday. And God's like going, no, you know what? I, I just want to let you know. 
I have such an amazing vision for your life. You have no idea how fast you could run if you would give everything over to me. And as I thought about this message, you guys, the only time I have felt completely free is when I know that he has every ounce of me in every area of my life. I think that's why Jesus said the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what he has commanded me to. So, how you doing? Really? Really, 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 how are you doing? Do you have the Holy Spirit of God inside your life? Have you tasted and seen how good he is? And if you have, have you been feasting on the, all the little crud that's in this world instead of on Jesus lately? And do you just need to confess your sin and resurrender your life today, today, so that he can have all of you, so that your life will be for the glory of God and for the blessing of everyone around you and so that you can be free? Again, Acts 10, 37. You know what was happening through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. And does he, again, what did he say? You knew what was happening in Judea, beginning in Galilee. And then it just rippled out. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Straight from the words of Jesus, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes inside you. And we will be his witnesses in Sugar House, in Murray, in South Jordan, in Draper, in Lehigh, in Bountiful, and in Layton, and in Ogden, in Provo, in St. George, Buenos Aires. You know, who knows? We're just going to go, you guys, because we just will be, because that's what the Spirit of God does. So some of us sit here and go, why are we doing a South Campus? Because the Holy Spirit's in us. And we can't just sit here. I saw my lead pastor at Kensington yesterday. He said, man, if you're, if you're a church and you're just sitting in one place, you don't get it. The Holy Spirit, when he gets inside you, he makes you alive and you go. So we're going. And then one week, we're going. And we're freaking out. But this is it, you guys. It's because when the Holy Spirit anoints you with power, you will be his witnesses and you'll make a difference in the world. So what we're going to do here, the next part of our message or for the service today, is we're going to transition into the power that God can give us to be a church that really is like Jesus. We've got a long way to go. Do you guys know that? I mean, do you guys, anybody who's been here is like, oh, yeah. And we always will. Thank you that even Paul's churches were really screwed up. So that always helps me. And um, because we're screwed up. But if we'll surrender our lives, Jesus will do amazing things through even us screw-ups. He really will. So here's what we're going to do. Um, our greeters are back here. They're going to come forward. Guys, come on, come on down. We're going to go ahead and take our offering right now because what's going to happen from this point forward? Oh, baby. Got your seatbelts? 
Stick them on. It's going to be awesome. Um, but they're going to come right now. So if you're visiting with us, you know, don't worry about this moment. If, if you came prepared, this is your chance right here to say, yes, God, I am all in, man. I'm all in like all of me. See, this would be one of those areas where it's like, well, I'm good with, you know, going to church, but the financial thing is, I don't get that part yet. I'm telling you, man, be all in. Grab your legs and just, and just make an explosion because what you give to God, he uses for his glory. So if you're ready to do that as we take our offering, let's do that. But we're going to move into a time of anointing, of commissioning, of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit for our South Campus launch. And so to do that, let's begin with, by watching this video. In 2004, 35 adults moved west from Detroit and started a new church in Salt Lake City called K2. It quickly outgrew one warehouse and then another, starting with one service and growing to four. And after five years, all the services are overflowing with nearly 1,500 people. And then in the spring of 2006, God began to move again. And he asked this little church to consider taking a big leap forward, to move beyond its walls, and to open a new campus in the south part of the valley. K2 has said yes. And in seven days, we will embark on God's call to change our world in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our communities, in our town. This is our valley. Jimmy and I moved south about a year ago to Sandy and it turns out that we're totally suburbs people. Jimmy can hop on his road bike and go anywhere on the frontage road right by our house and I can run all over the place in the South Valley, it's beautiful. The new South Campus is 10 minutes if I walk closer if I sprint from our house and uh, we just really really love it down here so I've worked for the same company for four years and now I'm a photographer for them it's really neat because I get to interact with people all day long and the greatest part is I get to invite them to South Campus which is just around the corner from where I'm working one of the things I've been excited about South Campus is I live down in South Jordan and North Campus is up in Sugar House, which it's always great to go serve there in Sugar House, but that's not my community. So I felt for a while like I had two communities. I had my K2 community up in the north, and then I had my neighborhood, my community down in the south. And what South Campus represents for me is an opportunity to bring those two communities together. This is where we like to hang out. We'll come to the park for special occasions like the 4th of July and Draper Days. We'll play basketball. And we uh, really love our, our local park. and We're so excited that our church is coming near here. We'll be able to invite these people that we're meeting to a church that's close by. I love these hills. When I need to get revived and some fresh air, I hit the road. Riding with my wife and my bros. It's pretty sweet riding a cycle. It gives us a lot of opportunity to connect with others who really love it. This is where we enjoy life. This is where I work. This is where I live. This is where we play. This is my town. This is our valley. Hmm. That's sweet. Mm. 
That last picture, I'll never forget before I moved out here. I stood up at Ensign Peak, and I was looking out over the whole valley. It was a sweet moment with God, because I just felt like he said, it's your city for the rest of your life. Love those people. So I'm so proud, and I'm so, the greatest boast of being the pastor of this church has always been, those of you who give your life to Jesus so he can change the world. And so, would you guys give it up for the South team as they come forward? So. Get over here, man. You're hiding. Awesome. Just cram on up here. Keep coming. Sweet. Is this only half of them? Holy smokes. That is awesome. Man, they're still coming. This is crazy. Wow. This is ridiculous. Is anybody staying? Man, this is awesome. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. Man, I tell you, uh, we split them up so half would come this service and half next service. Wow, I tell you, this is awesome. Hey, if all the management team and the spiritual advisory board members uh, would come up here and join me, and all the rest of you can sit down. And uh, here's what we're going to do today is um, I don't know if you've ever been to a commissioning service. I've, I've done these. I was telling Brad this morning. Um, but I feel like whenever I've done one, they commissioned us when they sent us off to, to, to come down to move from Michigan here. I, I just, I just got to be honest with you. Sometimes we do church things and we just do them. You know, I don't know if you guys are ever like that. And I've, I think for me personally, not saying for anybody else, but for me personally, I feel like every commissioning service I've been in, I, I always just sat there and say, yeah, we're going to pray for you guys, you know. Really hope God's with you. Good luck, you know, and think. And um, I'm telling you, after studying and going through the scriptures, sorry I'm emotional, but this is a great day. It's our last day together. Pretty crazy. <laughs> so here's, um, but here's what we're going to do according to the scriptures is that in the Bible, and even in the Old Testament, there was anointing from God that would take place. And in the New Testament. And anointing meant this. It was always consecration. We're going to sing that. Take my life today and let it be consecrated, Lord, to you. What that means is, it means my life gets set apart to God. Really. You guys, you guys catch this. I'm serious. I've been so praying for you. For this day, we are not playing a game. And I think some of you know that. This is so serious. And it's so serious, that's why we're doing this. Because you need power that's not your own to make this thing happen. And the Bible says that we can, as God's agents, actually anoint this team. 
and commission them. And when we do, that God is actually the one. It's like when I marry you, you know, I don't actually marry you, but he does, but he does it through me. That's what's going to happen here in this moment. And it's a setting aside and authorizing for God's service. And, and, and David, when he was anointed to be king, it said it was a, he was accompanied by a special divine enablement to carry out the mission for which he was being commissioned. And I just want to tell you right now, when we pray for you, we're praying for you. You guys, are we going to pray with me? We're going to pray for these guys that the Holy Spirit will somehow divinely enable them beyond your abilities, please, I hope, Right? because you guys all know that. It better be beyond you, that God is going to do something great. In the New Testament, it was always figuratively used, the word anointing, in the sense of some special appointment or a commission by God that set that person apart. And I just said, is there more, any more special commission and anointing? In five years, there is nothing that we have done as a church that's more significant than this right here, taking the Spirit of God who says, Go. And go and move. And you guys are doing it. And I, I just, I, I want to bless you and honor you for that. When I asked the, the management team and the SOB spiritual advisory board to be up here with me, because we're going to lay hands on you guys, so don't wig out. Um, but I, again, studying the laying on of hands in the Old Testament, when someone would lay hands on somebody, it was to commission them for the office that they were going to run. And in the New Testament, it was always associated with the ordination of individuals for special tasks or offices. And this is a special task. And we believe as we pray here that God is going to touch you. So I'm going to ask you to do two things. I wish I could see all of you at once. This is hard. But <clears throat> I, I'm going to ask you as I'm praying for you, I'm serious about this. If you listen to the message over there in the red box, confess your sin. Or this is a bunch of hogwash. Confess your sin. Because if you do, he will fill you. And you guys, he's already forgiven you. Don't live in what this, it's done, man. The judgment has been paid. So live in that freedom, but confess it and be free. And then secondly, and this is for all of us. Are you absolutely, fully surrendered in your life to Jesus Christ? Are you doing this South Campus for K2? Are you doing this even for the people that you love? I'm telling you, you do what you do. You wake up at 5 freaking a.m. in the morning to set up. Why? Because Jesus loves you and has set you free and he's passionate about the people in your that you're going to ride your bike by and that you play with and that you live and work with. That's why you do it. You are going to, kids are going to come storming into those rooms next week, Dave Elsog. They're going to be all over the, they're going to be two-year-olds all over the place, Francine. And you, you are the ones. But I'm telling you, surrender your life to God this week as we fast and pray together. Get the sin done with. Surrender your life totally and let the Holy Spirit of God fill you and empower you. And may he do more than you've ever dreamed or ever imagined that he ever was going to do with this thing. And it ain't going to be you. And you're going to go to bed at night and go, this is amazing. God is alive and he's real and he's true. And I believe now as we pray for them, 
as you pray with us. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we get to go to the throne of the King over all the earth. The King over all of this valley who loves every person who lives in it. And He's going to anoint you with power and with the Holy Spirit for this special task. So, management team and Saab, don't even stand one person if you need to. Go all over the place. Make sure everybody gets some loving. And uh, would you bow your heads with me? And let's pray to God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are worthy of our lives. We only exist because you thought of us. And we're only saved because you re, you recreated us. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. And your will be done. In the life of every person on this stage. And in our south campus as it is in heaven. Because your will is done in heaven. And we ask right now that your will would be done. God, forgive us all of our sin right now. Everybody who's thinking of their sin right now. I pray you'd forgive them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Remind them, set them free right now of their sin. As we forgive those who sin against us. God, lead this group not into temptation. So many other things to give our life to, so many things to go after. I pray you lead them away from it. I pray that you would deliver them, God, from evil. Because we know your spiritual enemy hates what we're doing. He doesn't want anybody to know you. (laughs) So I pray you deliver these guys. And I pray that they would just receive an amazing amount of peace and joy and strength and power in the Holy Spirit. God, we love you, and we're asking for your anointing for the gift of the Holy Spirit right now in this place on these people. And I pray, God, as, even as our hands are on them, that, it would just, that you would really come through and empower them to do more than they ever thought possible in their own life. God, bless these people. Thank you for every one of them, for the hours already that they've laid down. Refresh them, encourage them, and strengthen them with the power through the Holy Spirit of God. And we thank you that you have heard these prayers. And by your commission, as Paul said, by the commission God gave me, God, we pray for the commission that you have given these guys, that you would now anoint it with power, And with the Holy Spirit, take them, God. Take all their life. Take all of their life. And change this world. God, change this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.